Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives, and my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. Having said that, let's get into the word. Um, okay, we are in our series. Uh, rather, you know, we have almost come to the end of our series. Um, the series name is I Dream. All right, and we almost come to the end of our dream. Um, today and next week, uh, next week I'll be wrapping up the series. Like I promised, all of my series I try not to exceed more than ten. All right, so we are in week nine. Next week we'll be wrapping up the entire series. All right, and um, like I said, you know, I'm praying that you know you've really been able to pick out certain principles, certain things that should help you as you pursue your dream, as you pursue, you know, the dream. Maybe you feel that God has for you in your life, the purpose, the calling that you believe that you know, man, God has created me for this. And my prayer is that you know, as we walk through this entire series, you know, that you would have been able to pick out certain things that you know was crucial. For your journey to the dream, which you know God wants to see fulfilled in your life, and we've been looking at the life of Joseph. All right, uh, we met Joseph at the tender age of seventeen, and uh, we walked with him till he is like thirty years old. All right, and uh, today we're meeting him. You know, like he's been through all the interpretation of the dream and everything, and he's come to this place. He's roughly maybe around thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-seven, around that age now. All right, he's married. He's got two boys. You remember the boys? We met them last week, right? Two wonderful, beautiful boys. Okay, Ephraim and Manasseh. All right, they're there, um, doing well. I'm assuming. All right, but anyway, so here's Joseph. All right, and he's gone through all of these things, and we saw a lot of things that he had to go through before he reached to the position or the place which God had in store for him. Okay, now today what I want to do is probably I would say is probably one of the most important things, you know, that anybody would have to go through. Not just while pursuing a dream. Even if you're not pursuing a dream, this is an area which I believe, as long as you are interacting with other people. This is an area which you will have to face or deal with at some point in your life. You know, I believe this uh, principle so much that I mean, some of you, you know, who were with us right from the beginning or the inception of the church, I did a ten-part series on forgiveness. All right, and I want to just give a very, very important practical principle today that should help you in dealing with the people that you meet or interact with on a regular basis. Now, before that, you know, I want us to just look at the life of Joseph. All right, um, the stuff that Joseph had been through. If you remember, you know, when we met him, he was seventeen years old, and you remember what he was going through at that time. He had this dream. You know, he believed it was from God. He believed that his brothers were bowing down to him. He believed the sun, the moon, the stars, everyone was bowing down to him. And you know, at this point in his life, he's almost come to that place where he's seen this dream come to pass, and now he realizes that dream was just a small picture of what God had really in store for him. We'll come back to that portion a little later in the message. But here's Joseph, and I want you to picture or imagine you are in the position of Joseph. You're this young boy who had this dream. You told, you went and told your brothers, you know, about this dream, and the brothers, your brothers, wanted to kill you because they hated you. We've seen this. Joseph's brothers actually hated him. in the time and he he you know he he comes to this place where uh, 
you know he said his dream and now suddenly you know he finds himself about to die but he gets thrown into a pit all right and then they his own brothers pull him out from that pit and they sell him to as a slave to some traders traders take him into an unknown land he doesn't know anybody there he doesn't know this i wanted to imagine joseph being auctioned you've ever been to an auction before auction you probably never have you heard heard of the word auction auction is you know i mean imagine you know the people who are standing there and they're auctioning joseph off to the highest bidder potiphar picks him up takes him to his house he gets falsely accused you know of rape and 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 he gets sent into prison for you remember how many years he was in prison i keep saying this week after week 13 years exactly he's been there for 13 years for something that he never did and if you remember you know this is a topic that i touched on imagine if it was happening now in india i don't think 13 years would have been long enough you know media would have you know probably said that's not even enough for a you know a rapist but here joseph he's been through all of that thing and suddenly all of a sudden god picks him up from this prison promotes him puts him in a place you know where he's second in command to this place and i'm thinking all throughout i want you to stay with me on this all throughout what would joseph have been thinking about his brothers what would you have been thinking if you were in joseph's place the reason i am where i am is because of my brothers wouldn't he have possibly thought that way i am here because of what my brothers did when i was young my whole life is messed up because of what they have done now can i ask you this question was if joseph had actually blamed his brothers would he be you know right in doing that i want you to think about it would he have been right? i mean don't you think he would have been right i mean after all the reason why he was in egypt was because of what his brothers did right so wouldn't he be justified you know if if you know uh, joseph said hey listen i am where i am because of what my brothers did don't you think you know joseph would have been right in saying something like that i think he was i think he would have been i mean what is wrong and joseph said that listen i am here because of you because that's the truth that's what actually happened but i want you to look at you know what happened to joseph now here's something that you know joseph could have done but i believe he chose not to joseph could have believed that yes i'm here because of you know what my brothers did i am in this miserable horrible condition because of what my brothers did but i'm not going to hold on to what my brothers did for the rest of my life in other words here's what i believe joseph did i believe joseph did not hold that bitterness or that unforgiveness about what his brothers did to him right throughout you know whatever he had he went through and whatever he had to go through i don't believe he held to that i believe joseph had come to a place where he had forgiven his brothers of everything that he they had done to him i don't think joseph held it in his heart that listen you guys wanted to kill me i don't know if you ever been in a place you know where someone wanted to do something to you that was not good and you always look back and you looked at that person and said you wanted to do this that thing you set the strategy and all of these things you know are things that has hurt me that has upset me i am in this place because of what you said or what you did at that particular point of time joseph could have been in that same place but he i believe chose to forgive and release and let go of everything that his brothers had done to him now um 
you know one of the things um i've seen over the years all right um you know in being with people meeting a lot of people in a little bit of counseling all right is one of the reasons or one of the things that really hinders or obstructs a person from really reaching their god given potential or you know pursuing the plan or the dream that god has for them is because they still carrying bitterness and hurts about what has happened in the past in their lives i believe that with all my heart and many times you know i've seen this to be true many people you know they come to this place where they're actually trying to do things in the present day they're trying to you know kind of let go of the past they're trying to kind of forget it you know it happened in the past yes it happened i can't do anything about it and they're trying to you know just put things behind them and they're trying to you know move forward in their lives and here's what i've noticed many times even though they're trying so many things to do in the present day because they have not dealt with their past it still keeps coming back over and over and over again and actually stops them from doing the things that god has actually called them to do now here's here's a statement that i want to say all right if you don't deal with what has happened in your past your past will come back and keep hitting you over and over and over again till you come to terms with what has happened in your past and you say listen i choose to let go and push away everything that has happened in my past because i promise you this if you don't deal with your past today your future will not be able to accelerate the way that you think it should be because your past will keep dragging you back and back and back and back and i've seen that happen with so many people i've seen people who are 40 who are 50 who are 60 years old and they still not been able to deal with what has happened in the past and they have valid reasons just like joseph had their solid valid reasons to say listen danny why should i forgive them why should i let go of this thing you know what were they thinking when they did this to me what were they thinking when they said this to me You don't understand the hurt and the amount of you know upset that I'm carrying inside of my all these years I've carried this and now you want me to just like that just forgive them why should I and you know what you're absolutely right you're absolutely justified in saying that listen I don't have to forgive them you're absolutely right but can I tell you this if you don't choose to forgive if you don't choose to let go it's going to curb you by your throat and it's going to pull you down along with it because here's again i'll i'll come back to this okay let, let me just come back to you know joseph joseph saw his brothers you know when the last time he saw his brothers actually face to face when he was 17 years old he's around 35 36 years old i want you to picture how many years is that what's the gap almost 20 years he's not seen his brothers he's not seen his dad he's not seen his mom he's not seen anybody can you imagine not seeing your parents for like 20 years no contact no whatsapp no zoom nothing because joseph was exactly like that and suddenly all of a blue his brothers come up and stand right in front of him what's the first thing that would have run in your mind if the last thing that your brothers did to you was you know try to kill you and then they just sell you off to some unknown people and you've landed up in some unknown land what's the first thing that would have run in your mind harun those my bro those are the guys who did it right I mean I I I'm always thinking I was putting myself in the place where I'm thinking that's exactly what I would have thought. I mean 
these youth guys who did this to me i'm seeing you the last i saw you was when you sold me off to some unknown guy and now i'm seeing you you're actually begging and pleading with me for food and i have power whether i need to give you this food or not <laughs> he had all the power in the world you know to say no to what he could do but look at what what happened you know between joseph and his brother i wanted to see you know what the brother's reaction to joseph was all right um his his father passed away his father came down they met everything and now his father said you know i want to go back to israel because i don't want to die here i want to be buried with my you know fathers and everyone so they take him back to israel i mean not israel i mean yeah something like that okay so his brothers see that his father has died now look at what happens or what conspires you know in this genesis 50 was 15 to 21 when joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead they said perhaps joseph will hate us now like i said you know i think joseph has kind of dealt with it but by this one statement what do you think have the brothers dealt with what has happened in the past they obviously not dealt with it they're still living with the guilt and the embarrassment or the shame if any that listen we actually did this to our brother and today he is one of the most powerful men in the world man what are we going to do and and you know and this is what they said perhaps joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him i want you to picture this whole situation it's it's you know it's been a good couple of years now okay after the brothers have come in they've taken food back and you know i mean like i said i'm not going to get into the uh, gritty nitty details of the story i want you to go back and read it all right his brothers go benjamin who's youngest brother you know they get sent and all, i mean most of you have read it so i'm assuming you know the story but they take his father back joseph is still in egypt and his brothers have witnessed you know their father pass away before and now suddenly this thought comes in their mind hey listen joseph has not done anything about what we did to him years back now that the father is dead he might actually do something for us and here's here's you know what they did they sent messengers to joseph saying before your father died he commanded saying thus you shall say to joseph i beg you please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin for they did evil to you i'll i'll come back to this whole thing because i think the whole thing all right is 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 little funny to read it really is all right but but look at you know what is it? now please forgive the trespass of the servants of god your father and joseph wept when they spoke to him i want you to pay attention to that fact joseph wept when they spoke to him. i don't think he wept because you know his brothers have told you know that okay you know your father commanded that you have to forgive oh i can't forgive you and i don't think he cried because of that i think he cried genuinely because he learned for the first time that his father had actually died i think he cried for his father here all right and and joseph said to him all right and so then his brothers also went and fell down before his face and they said behold we are your servant joseph said to them do not be afraid for am i in the place of god but as for you you meant evil against me but god meant it for good look at the words that joseph is using there as for you you meant evil against me but god meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is to this day to save many people alive Now therefore do not be afraid I will provide for you and your little ones and he comforted them and spoke kindly to them now I want you to just look at what Joseph has spoken do you think those are the words of a man who's been carrying bitterness for years together we talking about 20 years 
do you think you know those words belong to a man who could have been carrying bitterness and unforgiveness inside of his heart for the last 20 years do you think somebody like that could have spoken words like this no i don't think so i think joseph you know had come to terms with what had happened and i think he had said listen i can choose to hold on to this unforgiveness in my heart i can choose to hold on to this bitterness in my heart but i choose to forgive everything what my brothers did to me you know what's most interesting about this whole passage we're in genesis 50 all right and this is the first time in 50 chapters of the bible the word forgive is being mentioned for the first time you read from genesis 1 to 50 you will never find this word forgive for the first time the word forgive appears in the bible now you know what's the meaning of the word forgive especially in this context here it means to absolve it means to you know literally lift off what is already being carried in other words you know here's here's what he's saying okay forgiveness okay in this particular context and i think it applies in every context is the fact that listen you're willing to release you're willing to let go or you're willing to lift off everything and anything that the person who was guilty of what they did or what they said to you and you're willing to let them go walk free Now that sounds a little difficult to digest. You're just saying that you know what? For everything that they did, they don't have to pay a price, they don't have to pay a penalty, they don't have to do anything to you know make up or to do, you know, for what they did and you're just going to let them walk free. Is that what you're talking about? And that's exactly what the word forgive means in this context. In other words, Joseph could have done a lot of things. Imagine the power I told you you know in the in the week when we spoke about his promotion we saw you know the amount of power that he carried he could have done anything he could have executed his brother straight up on the spot they didn't even recognize who Joseph was I mean imagine I don't know imagine meeting your siblings if you have one after 20 years and not being able to recognize them Some of you are thinking really I'm just saying what if his brothers could not even recognize him? and joseph you know put on this front and put on all of that till joseph disclosed his identity to him his brothers didn't even recognize he had the power to kill them if he wanted to but he didn't do it he chose to forgive forgive them he chose to let go he chose to release everything that they had done to him now it's very difficult to digest something like that it's very difficult to say that listen danny you don't know have any idea what i've been through the hurts that i've had to go through you know what they did to me is unpardonable unforgivable i was innocent and still they did this to me and you're just saying i need to just let them walk free regardless no penalty no punishment nothing i'm not sure i can do that but i want you to understand this church that's exactly what jesus christ did for you on that cross That's exactly what Jesus Christ did for you on that cross. He didn't hold you accountable to anything wrong that you did. Your wickedness, your wrong thing, he didn't hold you accountable for any of those things. He let you walk free just like that. You know what? It's fine. You walk free. No problem. Yeah, I know you're a bad guy. I know you've done all these bad things. But you know what? I'm letting you go just like that. It's not something that's so easily graspable, that's so easy. I didn't find. Now, here's a question that I want to ask. All right? How many of you can tell me that you've had a past? If you're not raising your hands, you can't be present today. 
you have to have a pass to come today right okay so, all of us have had a past now can i ask you this have you ever been in a place where someone's hurt you i can put both my hands up okay numerous number of times all right now can i ask you this in all of your experience is that the same way that you forgive them the way that christ forgave you you know in the worship today you know we were talking about you know how we need to put on christ or you know christ in us the man of christ or the person of christ has to come out in us is that exactly the way you forgive the ones who hurt you the ones who upset you you just let them walk free no revenge no getting back and yet you know sometimes you know it's so so difficult can i can i tell you this about unforgiveness all right unforgiveness is like holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that the other person dies can i say that again unforgiveness holding on to unforgiveness or holding having bitterness inside your heart is hoping that the other person is drinking as much as poison and they are dying but you know who's really dying you are the more you hold on to unforgiveness the more you say that listen it's very difficult for me to forgive what has happened in the past it's very difficult for me to let go to release you know those people for what they did and you know these people who are they are not just some you know tom dick and harry are they they are people very close to you they are people that you have loved they are people that you never expected this would come from isn't that true you never thought they would do this to you you never thought that they would say this to you you love them so much and yet they said it and they did it how do you let go you know here's here's the principle that i don't want us to forget all right because again i covered this in our series i don't want to do dwell too much into this but here's something that i won't ever forget all right unforgiveness the more you hold on to it it opens the doorway for the enemy to come and torment you for the rest of your life can i say that again unforgiveness is literally opening the door and saying hey satan come on in and allowing him to come inside of your life and tormenting you beyond what you can possibly think or imagine all right um there's a parable you know where jesus says i don't have the whole parable up on the screen but here's what you know there's a parable where jesus says about this man who had a servant who owed him a lot of money all right and that master you know he comes to this place where he said you know what forgiven you don't have to pay anything back to me i'm releasing you from all the debts that you have to give me and this servant had another servant under him who also owed him money but this servant did not forgive that servant and the master comes to know that the servant that he forgave has not forgiven his servant are you still with me all right don't get lost master servant servant three people okay the master forgave the servant the servant did not forgive his servant so the master calls back his original servant whom he forgave and here's what he says okay matthew 18:32 to 35 then his master after he had called him said to him you wicked servant i forgave you all the debt because you begged me to I forgave you everything. I didn't hold anything against you. I released every one of the there. Should you not have also had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? Why didn't you do the same thing? I did it for you. Why didn't you do the same thing to that other man? 
and his master was angry and what's this and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him the master recalled the debt the master brought back the everything that he owed him and he said you know what you haven't forgiven your servant neither do i forgive you now you pay me back everything that you owe me and he delivered him to the torturers till he could pay all that and here's what jesus goes on to conclude that entire parable verse 35 so my heavenly father will also do it if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses you know what's interesting about that passage or that verse there what jesus says you know he says if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother he does not say you forgive that stranger or you forgive that random person you know who walked in and said something and you know walked off no brother which means you know close very 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 close and here's what he says jesus saying listen from your heart you don't choose to forgive you don't choose to release you don't choose to let go my heavenly father will turn you over to the tormentors and can i tell you this i've seen this happen literally with so many people that i've interacted with they're tormented you know they can't sleep in the night they they just you know sleeplessness night sleeplessness hits it depression hits in many of you know these mental diseases hits in why because they have been holding on to this grudge and this bitterness and this poison you know that has just been killing them from the inside and they just are still not willing to let go of it so like i said you know i want to give you this three keys you know on forgiveness okay here's the number one thing that i believe you know when you want to when you want to forgive somebody when you're so mad and you're so angry and you're hurt and you're upset here's three things that i believe you know you need to go through practically on a regular basis every time you're faced with a situation where you find it difficult to forgive the person or let go of the person what they have said or done to you number one is release now i want to get back you know to that passage that we just read about joseph all right their father jacob had died right okay and what's the first thing that the brothers did joseph's brothers did not directly come to him notice what he, they do they send messengers i mean at least you know the least that they could have done is you know what i think we only need to go and speak to him directly no they sent messengers all right and they sent messengers and here's here's what they said okay before your father died he commanded i think that whole scripture there is lies to the core I'll tell you why. All right. Look at the wordings, you know, which the brothers have given. Because obviously, you know, these are words that the messengers have spoken. So messengers have been very, very specific in the words, you know, that has been spoken. Look at the words that has been, you know, delivered here, saying, "Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you." Jacob is telling Joseph, "I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they, who, they did this evil to you." You know we spoke about manipulation right have you ever been in a place of wrong and you had to appear before you know someone who is in authority and you had one chance you know to wiggle your way out from that judgment or whatever that's supposed to come to you what would you say what would you say please i didn't intend to i didn't it was not intentional it was not this 
Joseph brothers, you know, it was so clear they were intentional, they were, you know, they meant, you know, that this is what they're going to do. But what happens? What what happens in the entire process? They manipulated such a crafty statement and they sent messengers and they said that you know what i think we need to put this into the statement that you know that dad actually commanded him to do this so he puts the statement in you know that you know before your father died he commanded saying this all right and he says you know please forgive the trespass of you know your brothers now i'm thinking you know i, I want you to think about the brothers now for just a minute all right the brothers have gathered together father is dead now they have to go back to joseph and now they're thinking you know the guilt has really taken on so many years now it's built in it's built in it's built in so bad now they're having this discussion you know what if, what are you going to tell joseph now what if he repays us you know for all the things what if he was just waiting for dad to die and because dad was there he didn't do anything now he has nobody to fear and now you know he needs he's going to take revenge on us he's going to pay back you know for whatever we done for him and and you know and he So, so they added that word i think you know before your father died he commanded and then their message okay now this is what i don't want us to miss okay um, genesis 50 verse 17 all right here's what the messengers said for they did evil to you that's what i don't want us to miss now all right you know what's interesting about that entire message which was spoken by um, the messengers that were sent by the brothers to joseph not one place in that entire statement there do you see we did the sin against you it was always referring as they 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 you know here's here's, here's what I, i i want us to understand there was never an apology that came in from the brothers to joseph are you seeing this not once did the brothers come up i mean they're carrying this guilt and probably they're embarrassed or probably they're carrying all of this stuff inside man we did this to him we did this but not once were they willing to come down humble themselves and say that listen we did this wrong to you we're sorry they kept saying that you know they did evil they did this there was never a heartfelt apology that came from the brothers towards joseph and the reason you know why i want to bring that out and what i'm trying to say is this you know It's easy to forgive somebody when they come and tell you you're sorry. Isn't that true? Think about it for a moment. Think about the people who has hurt you maybe unintentionally, maybe even intentionally, and they came to you and told you, you know what, we're sorry for what we did to you. What does that make you feel? Does that make you feel good? At least they came and said sorry. You know. And it's easy to forgive somebody who gives you a sorry. But what if you are in a place where the person who has wronged you, person who has done something to you, has never come to a place of repentance has never come to a place where they have said that you know what i've done something wrong i just did it they are not repented they are not willing to apologize to anything that they have happened in the past can you still forgive those people can you still forgive them they are not apologetic at all they are not willing to even come to terms with the fact that hey yeah man the reason that you are where you are is because of what i did will you still be able to forgive those kind of people because that's the place where joseph was in this time joseph had to forgive his own brothers and his brothers are not sorry they were not apologetic they never even once said that you know what joseph we're sorry for what we did but still joseph chose to forgive 
you know uh, let me just tell you about you know myself right um, i remember there was this guy you know that i knew i still know okay very well all right um, i loved the guy okay and we were very close and all of those things and you know he did certain things all right which really upset and really got me hurt and to top it all off he also said some really hurtful things to support or to justify you know what he did that really got me more upset and more hurt and i remember you know going through that whole process because at the back of my mind i knew that i had to forgive him but i just couldn't and i remember you know one night um, i think it was around 2 uh, or 3 in the morning all right i gotten up to you know just go to the loo and i'm sitting there and i'm thinking to myself you know what this is how i should say it and this is how i should say it you know and i'm rehearsing in my mind you know the entire scene of what i should be actually telling this person and i'm literally putting this guy off have you ever been in a place where you kind of rehearse it you know the conversation this is how it should go and you know what i'll tell them this they did this and they said that and this is how it was and this that's exactly the scene that i was playing and i remember you know very clearly i felt you know god was telling me nani you need to forgive them you need to forgive him said but god i mean you know he was wrong and you know god, I, i still remember you know god was saying that's exactly the reason why you should forgive him because he is wrong i mean why would you forgive somebody who's right i mean imagine somebody comes and you know last week we spoke about tithes and you know the giving part of it imagine if someone gave you a treat right would you go to that person and tell them listen i forgive you for giving me a treat you would never do that you feel like wow thank you for giving me a treat right and here's you know the, the thing when i felt god was telling me listen you've got to forgive him because he is wrong he's not right you have to forgive people who are wrong you never forgive people who are right you don't have to forgive people who are right and i remember struggling with this whole thing because it was really piercing you know it went on for a good number of days have you ever been in a place where you know someone who said something or did something to you it just kept triggering back over and 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 over again and then suddenly you know you see them and then bam you know you thought it was done with and bam it just comes back to you all over again like it happened yesterday I was exactly in that place and you know what's the worst part I had to see this guy every single day and every day I saw him I used to I knew that you know if I spoke to him at that time I would just explode and you know we would have another argument because we already had a couple of arguments you know in regard to what he said and what he did and I remember going back and I'm like listen I'm not going to speak to him till you know this whole thing just clears off in my head and i remember going back to the lord and asking the lord lord why is it difficult for me to let go of this person and here's a revelation which god gave to me the reason why i found it so difficult to forgive this guy was because everything that he had said and everything that he had done had caused a hurt or can i say it this way it had caused a wound inside of my heart and the reason why i found it difficult to let go or to forgive this guy for what he said and what he did was because the wound inside of me was still very fresh and unless that wound had gotten healed i would have never been able to forgive this guy and i want to give you an example all right some of you are into sports or i'm sure you know some of you have at some point got a physical injury right how many of you got a physical injury at some point physical injury right i mean you fell down or something happened all right now 
I want you to picture this. Imagine you're walking on the road in Manipal. Okay, maybe you're walking down Endpoint because I heard Endpoint is a good place to walk. Is that right? Okay, I don't know. Okay, but maybe you're walking and then there's this huge rock and you don't see it for some reason. Okay, and you trip over that rock and you get this really bad injury on your knee. On your knee. All right. Now here's a question to ask: When you get up, can you still walk normally? Hello, talk to me. Can you walk normally? Why? Exactly. It hurts. It hurts like wild. Okay. It hurts like wild. I can't even stretch my leg. I can't even, you know, push my leg out. I can't even, you know, flex my leg at all. It it really hurts. And what happens? You try to somehow limp and reach back to your hostel, or you go to a doc. I mean, whatever. You just try to limp it out the entire time. And the only way you can start walking again. When can you start walking again? when it heals it has to heal in other words here's what i don't want us to miss listen every time there's a wound every time there's an injury there has to be a healing that takes place first before you can get to a place where you can walk can i put it in better words that you can start running again because i believe god has called each of us not to limp he has called each of us to walk and to run to fulfill the purpose of the destiny which god has for us but many times we are not able to forgive why because we still carrying the wounds and the hurts that's been caused by what has happened so how do you deal with that wound can i tell you this the only person who can heal your wounds if you get a physical injury who is the only person who can heal your wound don't tell me your mom and your dad you have to go to a doctor all right bad place to say that meme right now okay the online mbbs doctors okay i don't know what's going to happen all right Okay but I'm just saying listen you have to go and see a doctor at some point isn't that true the only doctor who can heal the wounds that's taken place on the inside which nobody can see except even you I'm not sure if you can see it is God himself you have to take your wounds to God because the only person who can heal the wound that has been caused by that injury or that hurt or that upset by what that person has spoken or you know done against you God is the only doctor who can heal that wound and unless that wound is healed you will never find yourself in a place where you can really forgive and release that person the way that god wants you to forgive and release that person you know this is what this is what um, jesus says all right matthew 5:44 to 45 but i say to you jesus said love your enemies bless those who curse you do good to those who hate you pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of father in heaven You know that's probably the most uh, uh unhappy verse in the entire bible right there. You know why it's unhappy? Because it's saying that I have to love the ones who are my enemies. I have to bless the ones who are cursing me. I have to do good to those who hate me. There any haters in this place? People who hate you? No. You guys are good people, all right? But you know, and here's here's the worst part. You know, you got to pray for those people who spitefully use you and persecute you. Who do we really like to pray for? I like to pray for the ones who really love me. Yeah. You know, somebody comes and blesses me, I love to pray for them. I like to bless them back. You know, it's like you give me, I give you back kind of a thing like bless me, bless you back. But you know Jesus is flipping the entire thing here around. He's saying, "Listen, I don't want you to pray for the ones who love you. What good is that? I don't want you to bless the ones who are blessing you. No. Bless the ones who are cursing you. Pray for the ones 
who have hurt you. Pray for the ones who have persecuted you. Pray for the ones who have been spitefully using you. You know, I don't know if you've ever been in a place where people have befriended you just so that they can use you and then they throw you as soon as, you know, your use for them is kind of done. Have you ever been there? You felt, what did you feel like? And you know what, you know what Jesus says there? You've got to pray for them. Here's the reason I believe Jesus is asking us to flip the principle. The reason why I believe Jesus is asking us to pray for the ones who have hurt us and upset us. Because when we start praying, you know, can I tell you what prayer really is? Prayer is literally bringing God into the picture or into the situation that you are in. That's what I believe prayer is. And when you start praying for the ones who have hurt you, when you start praying for the ones who have, you know, really upset you, they've done something that they should have never done. You know what you're really doing? When you pray for them, you're bringing God into the picture. When God comes into the picture, you know what's the first thing He does? He's not going to just go and bless those people. He's going to look at you and He's going to see your wounds and He's going to start nursing your wounds as gently as a heavenly loving Father would. He's going to nurse those wounds so beautifully, so tenderly, so that, you know, every hurt that you're going through, He's slowly starting to make sure that hurts are completely healed. You know, I remember reading the scripture and I said, okay, God, you want me to pray for this person? I don't know if I can pray. So I started praying. All right. And it was very difficult to pray because every time I start to pray for this person, you know what came into my mind? Everything he did, everything he said. And I'm like, man, okay, I need to push that aside. I need to pray for the Lord. Bless him. Bless him. And that's the only thing that's coming out of my mouth. It went for around three days and I figured, you know, this is not helping. So I went back to the Lord. I said, God, I've been praying for three days now. And you know what God said? Really? If every time, can I tell you, if every time God comes and tells you, really, you better be careful and reevaluate the words that you've just told him. You've really been praying for him? I said, Lord, yeah, you've, you've, I've been talking to you, right? I've been praying to you. I've not been praying to anybody else. I've, I've been praying for this guy. Just that it's just not going out of my mind. And then, you know, here's, here's, what, here's another scripture, you know, that he showed me later on, okay? Psalms chapter 35, verse 11 to 14, all right? This is a very powerful scripture, okay? Fierce witnesses rise up. They ask me things that I do not know. They reward me evil for good. Here's what the psalmist is saying. They reward me. It's a reward. What's a reward? Evil things for the good that I have done and the good that I have spoken. To the sorrow of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, look at the response of the psalmist. As for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting and my prayer would return to my own heart. Verse 14, I paced about as though he were my friend or my brother. I bowed down heavily as one who mourns for his mother. You know what God was telling me? Listen, Danny, is that the way that you would pray for a loved one? Is that the way that you would pray for your sons? Is that the pray way that you would pray for your wife? I said, no, Lord. I would be real intense. Intense when I came to my prayers, you know, that I had to pray for my loved ones. I said that, I mean, I would be real intense. I know that I would not just pray a superficial prayer. I would really intently pray from with all of my heart. You know, I would pour my heart out before you when I pray for my loved ones. 
You know what I believe whenever God was telling me? I was saying, Danny, that's exactly the way that you need to pray for the person who's hurt you and upset you. It took me over two months before I could come to a place where I could really start praying so intently for this person. You know, week after week, I was struggling, you know, to pray. I could pray for everything and anybody else. But when it came to pray for this person, first I would try to just, you know, push it out of my mind. Then I would just, you know, try to, you know, like, okay, man, I need to pray. And, you know, it just one side, the memories, one side, this. And I just kept battling, battling, battling in prayer. But, you know, I came to a place where I said, Lord, I want you to bless this guy. I want you to, I want him to see your, you know, provision. I want you to see, I want him to see your presence in his life you know what had happened over the two months that I kept praying for him with all of my heart God had healed all of my wounds inside of my heart every time I went back to that incident that incident did not affect me anymore and I remember going back up to him I told him listen I was hurt with you when you said this and when you did that at that point of time but you know what I've forgiven you because here's what I believe you know, when you start praying for the ones who have spitefully used you, when you start praying for the ones who have hurt you so bad, you know what God does? God not only does a healing inside of your heart of the wounds that has been caused by that hurt, but He also brings the love for that person, the same love that He has for you and He has for that person. Because the same Jesus that died for you has died for and that's why it's important, you know, to release. How do you come to a place of forgiveness? Listen, you've got to learn to identify that. Listen, the wounds that I'm carrying needs to go through a healing first. And when I start getting that healing, how do you get that healing? You've got to start putting yourself in a place where you start intentionally and with all of your heart start praying for the persons who have hurt you. Here's number two. Number one is release. Number two is receive. Okay. I believe the one of the reasons why people find it difficult to give forgiveness is because they have difficulty receiving forgiveness. I'm sure you'll relate to this. Okay. I'll, trust me. I'll, I'll hit it home for you. Don't worry. All right. What, do I, what we need to understand is there's a huge connection between us receiving God's forgiveness in our own lives Versus us being able to forgive somebody who has hurt us. Alright. Now here's, here's what you know Jesus said. How many of you remember the Lord's Prayer? The Lord's Prayer? How many of you can say it by heart? Okay, the Lord's Prayer. You know, remember that famous verse? Okay, Matthew 6, 12. Here's what Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our... Thank you for completing the verse. How many of you have actually done this? Easy verse to by heart, but it's not easy to do. And yet, you know, here's what Jesus is saying. But you know why this is so important? Because just as soon as he finishes the Lord's prayer, here's what he goes on to say. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 to 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But he flips it around. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You know what Jesus is saying? Listen, if you're not willing to forgive the ones who have hurt you, don't think your father in heaven is going to do the same thing for you. He's not going to forgive you. But here's what Jesus said. 
if you know unless we come to that place and we understand that this is connection between us receiving his forgiveness and us being able to forgive we will never really be able to forgive somebody full heartedly you know um matthew 10a jesus said this you know freely you have received freely what give freely if you receive the forgiveness that god has for you freely you can give can i tell you this you can never give something that you never got isn't that true i want to think about it i mean can you give something that you don't have you can't if i were to come you know to one of you after the service i already asked this last week so i won't ask it in the service today all right how many of you have 500 bucks anybody has 500 bucks on you 500 nobody 100 promise i'll give it back to you i promise not even 100 oh there's 100 no it's relax relax i don't want to, i don't want to. thank you thank you so much you love me so much i know that it's okay Here's the reason I'm asking. Listen, when I ask you this, you couldn't give me because you didn't have it. Are you saying this? You can only give what you have. If you don't have it, you cannot give it. And Jesus is saying this, you know, here's what he's saying, listen, if you you know have freely received it, you can freely give. Now, here's the reason why I'm saying this. Okay, I want to hit this home fair. How many of you ever believe that, you know, when you don't do something right, God's going to kind of punish you for it. Punish is too harsh a word, right? Okay. Let's say, let's say, you know what? Uh, today is Sunday, right? And you know, till next Sunday, you don't pray or you don't read your word. And let's say you have exams. You don't pray. You don't read the word. You're just so you know filled up with this exam thing, and you're studying and you're studying and you're studying. And back of your mind, it's running that you've not prayed, you've not read the Bible, you've not prayed, you've not read the Bible. And when your exam goes bad, what's the first thought that comes into your mind? Come on, talk to me. Yeah, come on, talk to me. You, you, you're already smiling and you're already telling me what exactly is going on in your mind. And all of you seem to be, you know, unanimous on this one. What's going on in your mind? Why didn't you why when you were able to perform the exam well why what's the first reason that comes into your mind come on because i didn't pray god in help me okay god tit for tat next time i'm going to pray and next time i'm see you help me in my exams right we have this kind of mentality that you know what god i know if i don't do my part and i know that you know if i don't come to you and i don't this i know that you know you're going to kind of you know block off everything that is there for you know the blessings that i need to kind of receive right why do we walk with a mentality like that and is it true is it really true that god is out to get you because you know you didn't kind of do what you were supposed to do in terms of god I want you to think about that for a moment because many times you know we live with this guilt factor that listen I didn't pray enough or I didn't do this or I didn't do that you know I was supposed to give my tithe but I didn't tithe you know and that's the reason maybe I'm struggling and you know all of these thoughts keep coming into our mind and we you know when we have a bad day we look back and say ha huh, it's because you know I did that or maybe you did some sin and the next day something goes bad for you 
you know what's going to what's running in your mind come on what's running in your mind hearts oh, because i did that this has happened can i tell you this all right this might be a revelation for some of you god is never going to punish you as long as you live you didn't hear it right the first time so let me say that again god is never going to punish you as long as you live do you know why because the punishment that you're supposed to get don't get me wrong you I mean you're due for punishment okay because you did something wrong but the reason you don't have to ever face punishment from god was because the punishment that you were supposed to get has already been taken upon by his son jesus christ and that's the truth that you need to receive that's the truth that you need to receive you've been forgiven of every wicked thing that you could possibly think of that you could do you've been forgiven of every small little sin also that you have possibly ever done i've taken both the extremes the most wicked versus the least wicked that you could ever possibly think of or you possibly done god's forgiven you for every one of them through his son jesus christ and that's why when god looks at you you know what he's looking at he's looking at a clean let go forgiven walking free without the penalty without anything person when he sees and we need to start receiving that into our minds into our hearts and many times you know what i've learned and what i've seen amongst young people they find it very difficult to find or face the fact that listen god's not going to be punishing can i tell you this also okay because i remember you know a couple of years back when i spoke to the youth group about this one statement and they just looked at me like you know i'm saying something you know out of scripture okay can i say the statement to you all of you listen god's never going to get angry at you period Can I say that again? God is never ever going to get angry at you ever. You're not even looking at me now. I'll tell you why. See, this is this is exactly, you know, this is what brings me to, you know, um this okay here's what the prophet Isaiah said, okay? Isaiah 53 verse 10, you know, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. I mean I want you to think about that statement just for a moment. It pleased God to bruise Jesus Christ. Why would it please God to bruise his own son? I mean I've got three boys. I know I get hurt every time they get hurt. But it says here that you know God was happy. God was pleased that you know he was hurt. You know why he was pleased? Because now he could have his relationship with you without anything that is going to come in the way. See this is why I'm saying it's so difficult you know for people to receive God's forgiveness because they still think that man I've done something wrong I need to make up for what I've done. We still work on that mentality that you know I've done something wrong and you know we think that man I've done something wrong I need to keep praying I need to keep praying keep praying. Can I ask you this every time you did something wrong how many times have you gone and asked God to forgive you for the same thing as if praying once was not enough? Let's say you did something wrong on Sunday. Now Sunday is a good day, right? I mean, you're all at church, so you're doing something good, right? Okay. Let's say you did something wrong on Monday, and then Tuesday you prayed and asked God, God, please forgive me for what I did on Monday. And Wednesday something goes bad, and you be like, maybe God didn't hear my prayer. God, please forgive me for what I did on Monday. And then Thursday comes in. Thursday is you know this big match or something, or you know your friends come and make fun of you, or you know you things go bad with your friends or something, and you be like, 
God's still getting me. Listen, I think it's all because of that thing I did on Monday. God, please forgive me for what I did on Monday. You take it up till the next Sunday. And you take it up to the next Sunday after that. And you keep taking the same thing and you think that, man, God is holding this against you. Listen, God is not going to hold anything against you at all. It's taken care of. And it brings me to point number three. The reason why we find it difficult to forgive people is one, we find it difficult to receive. Number two, we find it difficult to believe. We really find it difficult to believe that, listen, God's going to just let me go. He's not going to hold me accountable. He's not going to bring judgment and, you know, the hell and the wrath of God upon, you know, the wrong things that I have done. You know what? He's not. He's not. And, you know, the just question that you could possibly ask me is, Danny, how can you say that? You know, how can a very holy, perfect, righteous God not look at the wrong things that I have done, not look at the wicked things that I have done and hold me accountable for all of these? I have to pay for these things, don't I? And you know, you're right in one way because, you know, here's what Prophet Habakkuk said, okay? Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13, here's what he said, you know, he's talking about God. You're of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. It's true about God. God cannot look on wickedness. I want you to get that straight. God is a perfect God. God is a holy God. God cannot look at wickedness. But you know what's also true? Prophet Isaiah said this. Isaiah 53 verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Isn't that true about many of us? Many times, you know, we end up doing, you know, what we think is the right thing to do. And many times, you know, we end up disobeying God or doing things, you know, which God never wanted us to do in the first place. And then here's, you know, here's the flipper or can I say, here's a twist in the entire story. Psalmist says this in Psalms 103 verse 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Many of us have heard the scripture so many times. You know what it's saying? God wanted to look at you. And it's true. God couldn't look at you because you had all of this wickedness that you're carrying inside your heart. So you know what God did? He decided that, you know what, every wickedness, every transgression, everything that's there, I'm just going to take it off. And that's what he did. And what does it say here? How far did he take it away from you? As far as? East is from the west. As far as east is from the west, he's taken it off completely from you so that he can look at you again. And here's, you know, here's, here's the blockbuster, okay. 2 Corinthians, Paul writes this to the Corinthian church. 2 Corinthians 5.21, here's what he says. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Again, this is a well-known scripture for many of you. But here's what he's saying, listen. He took those transgressions. Now, he's got to do something. He can't hold it, right? So here's what he did. He took all of that sin, all of that wickedness, all of that transgression, and he put it on his son. And that's why he says, you know, he made him who knew no sin, to be sin for us. Every sin that you did. Don't make a mistake. Every wicked thing that you possibly thought. All of them are still there. But it's not on you anymore. It's been taken and it's been placed on Jesus Christ. That really spoke to me. And I pray that it spoke to you as well. I want you to remember this. It doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at. Our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this, if you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or 
DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.